Are you ready to be transported back to 1800s high society London? Because season three of Bridgerton is now playing only on Netflix. This season follows the story of the Tons resident wallflower, Penelope Featherington, as she undergoes a journey of self-discovery and empowerment where we see her truly blossom. Penn's emotional transformation takes centre stage as her friendship with the charming Colin Bridgerton evolves into something more. For those not yet acquainted, Colin, the charming younger brother of the Bridgerton family, is about to turn Penelope's world upside down. Mm, This is the ultimate good friends to lovers story. From those initial butterflies to when both parties realise there might be something more between them, watch Bridgerton Season 3, now playing only on Netflix. Welcome to Shameless, the pop culture podcast for smart people who love dumb stuff. You're joined, as always, by writers Michelle Andrews, that would be me, and Zara McDonald, that would be you. And producer Annabelle Lee is back. I'm back. I'm happy to be back. The band is back together and I'm pumped about it. Coming up on today's show, best mates Margot Robbie and Cara Delevingne are involved in some ugly headlines about a paparazzo. The Beckham's family feud might just be over. Bella Hadid is the (laughs) face of the modelling industry right now now whoever's doing emma chamberlain's pr deserves a raise and then zara's two cents why after so many years will hayley bieber still not say selena gomez's name but first zara mcdonald zara (laughs) ellis with an e mcdonald tell us about your week because for those who missed it you have some very exciting news. Yeah, yeah, I guess. My week was wonderful. Thanks for asking. I, what is the the phrase? I got engaged. You are betrothed. I am betrothed. I've decided to enter into the contract of marriage. Um, so it was great. It was a wonderful week. Busy. I'm pretty cooked. So you're, if my words don't make sense today, it's not my fault. You're not glossing over this. We're going to go through the steps because okay. I am equally invested with all of the listeners. Okay. The first question I think people will want to know, did you see it coming? Well, of course. <laughs> This is our theory, actually. Yes. As to engage women yes. who knew it was coming. Everyone knows it's coming. Well, I'm, I'm convinced 99% of women have to know it's coming. I think I always believed in the beauty of great surprises, right? Yes. Growing up, I always thought, oh, I'd love to be proposed to, you know, as a stupid kid, like, and just be knocked my socks off. Like, oh my God, can't believe my days ended up like this. Then you date someone for long enough and you think, how in the world would you be able to surprise me? Yeah. Like, there's not a chance in the world you could surprise me. Especially when you blend finances, you spend so much time together, they start acting a little strange. But also, I think from my perspective, perspective I am a relatively (laughs) organized human being haters will say controlling (laughs) and I realized when I decided I mean pretty early on that I wanted to marry him that I don't think that a big surprise is for me I mean marriage is not for everyone but I did want to get married I kind of didn't want to be floored by it I mean Mm. it's a conversation that I wanted to have with him together multiple times before we did it that's so many couples I think Mitch and I had talked about getting engaged maybe 
150 times before he actually did it. You end up on the same timeline and on the same kind of like, but that you was plan Im- your lives together. But that was important to me. It yeah. was important to me that it was on my timeline as much as it was his. So yes. you put it in his Google calendar. <laughs> <laughs> as Zara McDonald always does with all of us. You got your nails done as well. <laughs> but my nails have been done for a while. Like they actually have been done for ages. Okay, now the next question everyone will want to know, how did he do it? Yes, well, this is why my blessed Oliver probably couldn't have an affair anytime soon (laughs) because he wasn't very good with subtleties either. Um, And I know people call me the Oracle, but honestly, any any old pedestrian Oracle could have got this one because he did say to me a few weeks out, could you leave work early on whatever the bloody date was, September 30 at 2.30 p.m.? And I was like, yep, where are we going? He goes, oh, I can't tell you. And what ring did you get? All right, all right, that's fine. And then I just said, yep, and I told you about two weeks out being like, oh, I've got this awkward leaving work thing. Yes. Is that And fine? we looked at each other and, <laughs> and we <you> knew. knew. <laughs> sort of like awkwardly skim over it. And then a week before he was showing me something on his phone and my mum and dad were in a group chat with him and dad had just texted, sounds good, Ollie, looking forward to seeing you tomorrow. <laughs> and he just like didn't seem faced that I'd seen that. And then I got into the car on the Friday because we went down to a winery in the end and I go to put my bag in the car and the packaging for the rings on the floor. You're kidding. <laughs> Did I not tell you that part? Oliver Keogh. He was said he was must have been so frazzled that he forgot <laughs> to think about it. Yeah, it was on the floor and I picked it up and I said, what's this? And he said, my hair gel. <laughs> He also told you the story. He called me to let me know that it was happening the day before. But I mean, Zara had told me two weeks before when she was told to leave work early. He called me and told me that when you and I were at your apartment hanging out, the ring almost got delivered and he had to like intercept it or he was on the phone with DHL or some shit or the courier and had to get the ring redirected because it was about to come to your apartment where we were just hanging out and a ring box would have rocked up. With great respect to him, he was, this was such a big, deal for him he's like I can't believe it nearly came to the apartment by the way the day before he'd planned to do it which is cutting it a little fine for mine but that's that's just my opinion haters will say she's a controller yeah, haters will non-haters will just say she's organized and I said, oh, like it was such a, as I said, it was such a big deal for him that it was going to be intercepted. And I thought you'd done nothing for the entire month to try and throw me off the set. I don't know why it would matter if a package just turned up with your name on it. (laughs) I don't know why it would matter. Anyway, so we went down to a winery on Friday. He was pretty quiet and pretty awkward. So it was quite a relief. Once the band-aid was ripped off. Yeah. <laughs> At what point did you start crying? Oh, pretty early, mm. which I was happy about. <laughs> yeah, nice. I do love that from you. I didn't cry because Mitch, uh, when we got engaged, looked at me and went, uh, "I will you marry me? Like the speech went out of his head, but Ollie did a great speech, it sounds like. Yes, he said he doesn't remember it. And truthfully, I don't really either. But I remember it being nice. And I, I'm a bit of a weeper though. Yeah. I, I'm a bit of a weeper. A soft weeper. I, She's not hard to get a cry out of. No, <laughs> I, I guess my worry was, and I know the theatre of proposals for some people, it's just not their vibe. And I get it. I do get it. The song and dance of it all is pretty funny. But for me, I was a bit worried if I knew it was coming that my emotions wouldn't get there and I wouldn't be able to tell him and show him how happy I was. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. When you're overwhelmed. there's pressure on everyone, right? If you know it's coming, there's certainly pressure on the person proposing. There's certainly pressure on the person receiving the proposal to react and kind of show their emotion in the right way. Because you've gone to a lot of effort and I wanted to make sure I knew that. But sometimes I I feel like I get a bit locked. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Emotionally locked. Yeah. But I think it was fine. Shout out to the listener who messaged me and said, I'm just so happy for Zara and Owen. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's all right. Oh, I got a message saying congratulations to you and Zoe. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Zoe, Zoe and we oh. are being humbled this week. That is for sure. Now, Annabelle Lee, we need to yeah. talk about you as well because you are back from break. Poor Michelle Andrews. I will oh, not- no. By all means, guys, let's talk about you guys. Zara, congratulations. We're so frigging happy for you. Annabelle. How is it truly happy news? <laughs> Annabelle is back. <laughs> it is equally happy. You've been in Greece. Could you give us a quick highlight? Oh, quick highlight. It was all a highlight. I loved Milos. I'm going my last to Milos stop. next year and I'm pumped that you loved it. It was beautiful. My sister recommended it to me and said it was the best place she's been ever. And Everyone, it lived up to the hype. Everyone's going to Milos at the moment. It was gorge. Low light was getting my <laughs> flight delayed on the way back, spending 24 hours in Singapore and losing my luggage. But that's okay. <laughs> but we don't talk we about don't that. We don't talk about it. And making John Lethleen's Instagram <laughs> post and longtime listeners of the show, no context given here. Sorry, if you don't get it, you're not going to get it. Her ending up in John Lethleen's Insta post was a real highlight for me. Look him up. You can see me just like stressed out to the max in the background. You look pretty chilled. Yeah. A 24 hour delay would, I mean, it would throw me. As we all know Do you know where your luggage is yet? Have nope. we, lo- oh, we haven't located it. We all right. not. Who did you fly with? So we flew with Emirates the whole time. Okay. The last leg was Jetstar though. All right. Well, if anyone from Jetstar's <laughs> listening, Annabelle Lee's luggage is still yet to be found. And it's Jetstar's fault, we think. I think so. Oh but, dear. But it's fine. I actually give zero shits at this point. <laughs> <laughs> What's in that luggage? A lot of dresses, a lot of summer dresses. Okay, no, no, no. We need that back, please. How, How many this, hours has it been missing? This is the most people pleaser Annabelle Lee thing oh, I've ever had. Like, Jetstar, it's fine. Let's be friends. <laughs> <laughs> Jetstar, please get her luggage. Oh, you know what? Give this to me. I'll okay. sort this for you. Michelle, now let's talk about you. What are you recommending this week? What's on your mind? Talk to us. All right. Well, my recommendation and my whole story from the week is just that I went and watched Don't Worry Darling. Oh, that's actually great content for us. I did it, guys. I did it with my friends. There were a lot of shameless listeners in the audience, so shout out to all of them as well. It was an experience, that's for sure. Everyone was cackling. (laughs) Harry Styles is acting was a little subpar in parts and it was quite funny because it kind of felt like the whole cinema had the energy of like, you know, in high school when your entire year level or maybe your class is sat down to watch a movie and you get this like infectious energy of like just being silly. Yes, I love that though. Yeah, the cinema got silly and when (laughs) Harry tried to act... Everyone kind of had like a little chuckle at the beginning. And then there was this one scene, maybe three quarters of the way through the film, where Harry just kept pulling this frowning face <laughs> and people like couldn't control themselves. Like I, it was a serious point of the movie. <laughs> I was sitting there just like cacking myself. I don't believe it. To I, be fair, Florence Pugh does the frowny thing too when she's sad. Florence Pugh is an incredible actor she is. though. She she is. Is. Harry's not bad. He's not bad. No. I watched it too. I watched it in Singapore. Thank you, Annabelle. <laughs> uh, and I thought Harry's acting wasn't bad Thank I thought you. it was just okay will you also admit to the listeners that you're a Harry Stan and no matter what he did <laughs> same with you Zara McDonald you would find a way to make it seem golden and amazing no I'm not saying he needed to be the star of that movie because I think Florence Pugh was very obviously the star you and haven't seen it and <laughs> Chris Pine as well let me have opinions on that today. who cares I'm she's engaged she can do what she wants I'm just feeling Fresh and easy today. I'm just rolling. <laughs> now, I don't think that makes sense either. Fresh and easy. <laughs> just let fresh me. Chris, Chris Pine, I hear, did well. Harry Styles, I think, from My Little Birdies Tell Me, did okay. Uh, okay, well, he didn't. But the movie itself was, ve- like, quite good. I'm not into psychological thrillers. Not my vibe at all. Also not into gruesome scenes, and there is one quite confronting <sighs> gruesome scene. I still left it. I was like, you know what? I enjoyed it. I'm happy I saw it. I think, of course, the critical kind of reviews of the movie were affected by the huge PR storm around it. 
I thought it was solid. I thought like it was a genuinely good way to spend my time. And Annabelle, I'm mm. curious for your thoughts on this as another person who's watched it. I was shocked by the twist. Were you shocked by the twist? Oh, I was. I hate it when people do this. I didn't see even it coming. Even if you're not going to mention the twist, even saying that you didn't see the twist coming means that when I watch it, I'm going to be looking for the thing I'm not expecting. But Zara, it's a psychological thriller. It's always <laughs> been a twist. No, but the way you talk about it makes me so nervous. <laughs> I do want you to see it. When are you going to see it? We actually need a plan. Like, put it in your Google Calendar. Maybe in the next couple of weeks. I okay. don't know. All right, we would like you to see it. I'd love to know how it's doing at the box office because I don't know if it's just my demographic and anecdotally but I do feel like it's the kind of film where people are like, no, nah, I should really go and see that at the moment. Yeah, many of my friends saw it on the weekend and the cinema I saw it in was packed. I had to book about a week out. I don't know if the demand is still that high now given it's been out for a week. But guys, I just recommend it. If you're on the fence about going, go see it and then weigh in on the conversation. There's also some funny memes on Twitter. Just, it's a vibe. I think we actually need to get into the show today. No Rex from you, Zara McDonald. Oh, I did have one, but I thought that... Oh, she's not committed to it. I am committed to it. I just need to <laughs> quickly preface it by saying I know it's in very similar vein to something I recommended a few weeks ago. It is another episode of The Diary of the CEO. It is another episode <laughs> with a worldwide musician <laughs> on that show. But it's with, I will quickly recommend it, it's with Mel C. Spice Girl. Spice Girl, Sporty Spice. And I never truthfully actually heard that much from Mel C. Mm. And she wasn't at all what I expected. She was very kind of almost softly spoken, but they have this very interesting conversation at the start where she does kind of hint to the fact she wonders if her life would have been better and if she would have been happier had she never been a Spice Girl. Mate, that recommendation is welcome here. That's very interesting. So she talks about it and there are, it's not that she doesn't acknowledge how lucky she is and all of those kinds of things. I actually thought she seemed very likable as a human, to be honest. And I don't know why, what I was expecting, but she seemed pretty impressive. But she did pose that question to be like, I don't know what my life would have been like. And sometimes I do wonder, would I have been happier? So right. yes, she's written a book and I'm, I'm weighing up at the moment after this interview, whether I should buy the book. We could do it for book club. We could. <gasps> yes, let's do it. I love the Spice, Spice Girl energy. Life. I love the Spice Girl energy too. And we've got more Spice Girl to come today. <laughs> What a segue. <laughs> you know what? It wasn't your best, but you're engaged. So uh, let's, go <laughs> let's jump right into the big day, shall we? We bring you, as always, the top five or uh, six today, I think. Top stories from the rough and tumble of the celebrity <laughs> and pop culture news cycle. Michelle. Oh. Oh, Michelle. Uh, <laughs> Cinema Andrews. <laughs> what have you got for me? My first story, Cara Delevingne and Margot Robbie at centre of brutal paparazzi scuffle. That is from page six. Now, the background you guys need to this story is that Cara Delevingne and Margot Robbie are, if not good friends, best friends. Yeah. Very, very close. They were out to dinner this week with two other friends. These two friends are friends and colleagues of Margot Robbie. The first one is producer Josie McNamara and filmmaker Jack Reese Hopkins. Now, they both worked with Margot on the upcoming Barbie film that we've seen everywhere throughout the media. Now, those two men are facing up to six years in prison after allegedly assaulting a paparazzo who was taking photos of Margot and Cara in Buenos Aires on Sunday night after they were leaving that dinner together. Yeah, now according to a police report obtained by News Corp, photographer Pedro Alberto Oquera says he was assaulted outside the restaurant at around 3am. Now he claims that he fractured his elbow in the incident. Now Mish, what's interesting about this story, but of course not surprising, is that there seems to be two key sides to the story, yes. right? The story coming from the paparazzo and the story coming from sources close to Margot and Cara. 
Sources close to Margot and Kara are claiming that the photographer was aggressive and put them in danger as they tried to get into a car after a really long dinner with their friends. Mm. The photographer, however, says he was chased by the men after getting photos of Margot and Kara and that the men essentially assaulted him, including kicking him, with the intention of getting hold of his camera and deleting the photos. Yeah. Now, it's been made really clear, and we need to put this on the record, that Margot and Kara are not accused of any personal wrongdoing towards the photographer. The only people accused of personal wrongdoing are the two men that we named earlier. According to News Corp, McNamara and Hopkins told police the photographer was, and I quote, responsible for his own injuries as the stars had not given consent for their photos to be taken. But both men were released on $15,000 bail under the condition they don't leave Argentina. They had their passport seized pending the outcome of proceedings. So this is like, this is a big, big deal. These men now can't leave the country until a judge oversees the case and decides what actually happened. Yeah, for sure. And I think the other element of context here that's probably important to touch on is, as you mentioned before, Margot and Kara are close. They met on Suicide Squad together in 2016. They even have matching tattoos. Now, I think this story is of particular interest because Kara Delevingne's overall health and well-being has been the topic of conversation in the media as of late. Margot Robbie was pictured outside her home a week or two back. You know, the media were calling it a quote-unquote intervention. Mm. It's a story we've, we've tended to steer a bit clear from until we have a bit more clarity on what's going on. But I think for this reason, that's why this story too, I think for a lot of people is far more interesting and confusing. Yeah, for sure. I think there are a lot of question marks about this story. Number one, I don't doubt that the photographer could have been aggressive as well, by the way. It's hardly surprising that a photographer would put celebrities in danger, particularly around cars. I feel like that's a tale as old as time. Particularly trying to get photos of Cara Delevingne at the moment, truthfully, as well. Both of them, I would say. At 3am in the morning as well, I think... The value of those photos to a news organisation would be incredibly, incredibly high. So, I mean, both sides of the story sound compelling to me. It's going to be very, very interesting to hear what a judge lands on. Yeah, exactly. Our second story, awkward footage surfaces amid Beckham family feud. That is from (laughs) news.com and they're back just like Annabelle. (laughs) (laughs) They're back now. The Beckham family was very publicly reunited at Victoria's Paris Fashion Week show. That was a big deal for her, by the way, for Victoria Beckham to get a Paris Fashion Week show. She spoke a lot on social media about how important and what a landmark moment that was for her and her brand. For sure. And I think the other thing is you could see that emotion when she was doing the designer walk at the end of the show. Mm. I don't know if you guys saw on TikTok, but Mm. she was very visibly emotional about the whole thing. Now, as you said, Mish, the family were reunited. I can imagine that this was very important that the whole family were there. The Sun were reporting that Victoria extended a quote-unquote olive branch to Brooklyn and Nicola to get them there. Brooklyn and Nicola were kind of couple dressed. Did you guys say that? I hate couple dressing. I I despise it. Unless you're Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake in all denim, (laughs) I'm not for it. They were in like black tops and baggy, baggy, low rise, light wash denim jeans. And I'm just not into the baggy, light wash, low rise denim jean at the moment as well. So I'm probably biased. No, I don't think anyone was into this. No. (laughs) Now, in the clip that's gone viral from Paris Fashion Week, you see Victoria and Brooklyn having a conversation, right? While Nicola is talking to someone else. I actually can't work out who that person is. Mm. But Victoria and David's youngest kid, Harper, is also in the conversation with Nicola. And what you see in this clip that everyone's talking about is Nicola's back is turned to Victoria and Brooklyn. And when Victoria and Brooklyn's combo kind of 
ends. It kind of wraps up. Yeah, yeah as, as happens. They slowly tried to move into the Nicola conversation but couldn't kind of get in. Nicola was very focused on the conversation she was in. It was only for a second or two max because I think, and I would love you guys to watch this video again, I think Victoria Beckham saw all the cameras and was very on guard around Brooklyn and Nicola and so didn't even bother to then try to push in. Mm. Now, a lot of people were using this as evidence that, of course, more things are awry, that Nicola wasn't even <laughs> talking to Victoria outside the show. But i got to be honest, I'm not convinced. Mm. If you watch an extended version of this video, and we're all about that here at Shameless. <laughs> Facts, not feelings. Facts, not feelings. <laughs> what you see is Victoria has to rush off and Brooklyn's still there and Brooklyn is still struggling to get into this conversation. So what it says to me <laughs> is someone with a real lack of like, I don't know, Periphery vision in this scenario. Yep. Who's so engrossed in a conversation that her own husband is struggling to get around and get in. There's nothing more awkward than yes. being that person <laughs> dancing around the periphery of a combo, <laughs> being like, and where do I fit? Or in being here? a party, like going to the bathroom, <laughs> knowing you need to come back to a combo and just inserting yourself and being like, either you stand and smile and nod, or you have to do the whole so what are we talking about? <laughs> it's awkward. This just seemed like a pretty run-of-the-mill awkward social interaction, mm. to be totally honest with you. I mean, I'm all for the fact. I am all for the story that these guys <laughs> don't get along. I just want good evidence, not yeah. bad evidence. Mm. Okay, fair enough. I mean, I did watch this video on TikTok and thought that it was pretty good evidence, but I agree with you. The extended version does tell a different side to the story and I need to stop maybe jumping on things so quickly. Also... Victoria herself really went away to kind of dispel the feud rumours after months of not acknowledging her daughter-in-law on social media at all, like almost going out of her way yeah. to remove Nicola Peltzbecken from her life on social media. Victoria did finally directly acknowledge her. She posted a photo of the entire family standing backstage at the fashion show and she wrote the caption, I love you all so much. Nicola was in the photo. Nicola was tagged. I think the family has perhaps come together and said, we might not all get along, but we need to put on a brave face, yeah. put on a friendly face and just get through. I think you're absolutely right. Our third story, Olivia Molly Rogers in shock split from husband Justin McKeon. That is from Herald Sun. Now, guys, to be super self-aware straight off the bat, we need to acknowledge this is a slightly uncomfortable one for us to cover. Some of you will probably know that Liv is our friend. She's been our friend for almost four years now. We were also at this wedding, her wedding in February. So obviously we have personal stakes in this particular headline. It is one of the only headlines, I think, in the four and a half years of doing Shameless that we do have personal stakes <laughs> yeah. in it. And we just need to kind of disclose that and acknowledge that. Acknowledge the elephant in the room. Yeah, yeah. Like, let's not beat around the bush here. Now, let's give some context because, of course, we had to talk about this. We know so many of our listeners love Liv and will be very interested in this story. For anyone who doesn't know, Liv is a former Miss Universe Australia. She's also an author. Her four and a half year long relationship and her wedding were pretty high profile. So a lot of people have been talking this week about her marriage ending. People sort of first started to suspect Mish that the marriage might have ended when she did go quiet on social media for a few weeks. And on Tuesday this week, she confirmed speculation with the following statement. After four and a half years together, Justin and I have come to the difficult decision to separate as a couple. I do not wish to make any further statements about this in the near future. Please respect our decision and privacy at this time. Thank you for all your private DMs, kindness and support during this time. Yeah. And look, 
no wonder lots of people did their digging. It is so human nature for us to follow people online, invest in their lives and then wonder what's going on with them when we sense that something's awry. What I would just hope and I know you would hope, is that now that Liv and Justin have put out this statement asking for privacy, people have gotten their answers and that they respect that request for privacy. Our fourth story, a spray-on dress caused a ruckus in Paris. That is from the New York Times. Guys, you'd be hard-pressed to miss this memo from Paris Fashion Week. Now, Paris Fashion Week has just wrapped up. It has been all over social media. I want to say more than usual, but perhaps this is just a sign that the world is really back like of course elements of the pandemic rage on but I don't know the cultural impact of Paris Fashion Week and Fashion Month this year feel bigger and better than any of the years before it. I think it actually might be the difference in my opinion is yes the last couple of years obviously we haven't really been able to have these kinds of things before that it lived exclusively on Instagram and so I was following these kinds of people who were going to Fashion Month but you kind of had to opt in to say I want fashion content difference this year I think is it's living so much on TikTok people who haven't been interested in in the past or who haven't been seeking it out in the past it's kind of flowing into their algorithms because there are so many huge cultural moments happening and I feel like model commentary on TikTok is so popular like half of my for you page is just watching like the most iconic walks from this Parisian model in her career or whatever and I never maybe that's just what I like I was like um I don't get this I was like I've literally never had this (laughs) half my feed at the moment is literally about Paris Fashion Week no no Paris Fashion Week all over my to be honest all of them Milan London even New York was as well like the Vogue 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 world world, which now feels like a lifetime ago Now, the one thing that kind of took the cake as the biggest, most talked about story was, of course, Caperni's Paris runway show, where they finished with a pretty spectacular stunt involving supermodel of the moment, Bella Hadid. Now, for about nine minutes, the audience watched as an off-the-shoulder white dress was literally sprayed onto her near-naked body. She kind of walked on stage just with heels and some underwear. Yeah, the substance in the spray guns was this bespoke spray-on fabric developed by a London-based company called Fabrican. Now, when the stage team started spraying Bella, she looked like she was kind of being covered in spiderwebs, like spiderwebs upon spiderwebs, until the layers thickened and instantly dried into this like smooth, glossy fabric that she wore down the runway. My favourite bit of this, and if you haven't seen it, go to our Instagram at Shameless Podcast. We posted a carousel of the best photos and the best videos from this moment because we were obsessed with it. My favorite bit of the whole thing was when this lady hopped up on stage after the dress had been sprayed onto Bella and kind of like manicured it into the perfect dress. Like she folded down the sleeves and moved them into the right place on Bella's shoulder. She trimmed the hem of the dress or like cut around the the bottom of the dress and then cut the perfect leg slit and did it like nothing. Like it looked like the easiest thing in the world. But the more I watch that footage, I'm like, that woman is so talented just to be able to like fashion the perfect off-shoulder slit leg dress in literally 30 seconds. It was amazing. Like in terms of art and theatre, like it was beautiful, incredible. Bella did amazing as well. There's beautiful footage of her walking off stage after it had all been pulled off. And you can see, you know, she's walking off stage and she's got that stony face, model <laughs> face. And the minute she gets backstage, she's just got the widest grin in the world. Elation. She's like, I cannot believe that just happened. Like, it's amazing. It was it was really incredible in terms of art. It was amazing. I mean, I'm obsessed with the neggers who are like, this technology has been around for at least 10 years. I don't care. I've been putting on spray-on clothes for years. <laughs> there has been some negative commentary. Like, people have either said this isn't new – 
like those who know fashion know this is 10 years old, which I'm like big eye roll energy too. There are also people saying like, really, is it the 2022 move to spray like a plastic based fabric onto someone on the runway? I'm sorry. I'm just eye rolling. Like, can't we have anything anymore? Can't we just have one cool moment with a model? Yes. Maybe it was using plastic. You probably got out a plastic thing of milk from your fridge this morning. Like we all use plastic. Yes, we could do it less. And yes, we will be better. We're getting better. We'll try to be better. Small (laughs) moments like this. Uh, I think good for the industry, especially for everyone. Just let it be happy. Especially an industry that was absolutely decimated over the last couple of years. Like I I think these kinds of things are just interesting. Can't they just live as like, this was a cool thing that happened. We don't have to read a million different things into what it might mean for the fashion industry as a whole. One brand with one model did one cool thing and it was fun to watch and boy, did I have a good time watching it. Yeah. And look how far technology has come in 10 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Now we also need to talk about how Bella did is just fucking everywhere at the moment. Yeah, I've barely seen a model that's walked in more shows than Bella. And again, maybe this maybe is 10 years ago no, well, I was gonna say maybe it's just my TikTok algorithm but she seems to be in every single show I can't see a model that's been booked more than her she is booked and busy like on top of closing the Caperni show and having that super viral moment she's also walked for Stella McCartney Givenchy Balenciaga Vivian Westwood Victoria Beckham Isabel Morant Burberry, Versace, Jill Sander, Michael Kors, Tom Ford and Fendi this fashion month. Like if there is a face of fashion right now, it is Bella Hadid. I would die to know how much money she is raking in. And I think it's just bloody impressive. I think this was a woman that so many of us knew in proximity to her sister a couple of years ago. So often we would talk about Bella Hadid as Gigi Hadid's younger sister who kind of lived in her shadow a little bit. Bella absolutely stands on her own two feet. Yeah. And she is remarkable at what she does. For sure. And I think there's been a lot of good and interesting commentary about that online as well to be like, yeah, look, she is an Epo baby. Like one of the reasons, actually the key reason she got her foot in the door was because of her family, for sure. Mm. But a lot of people are saying, you know what, she also seems pretty good at her job too. And those things can exist side by side. We can acknowledge both of those things in the same sentence in that she seems very talented too at her job. So, I mean, good on her. I I wasn't expecting her to be the model of the moment. She's killing it. I could literally watch her walk runways for a stupid amount of time. And maybe my TikTok algorithm will give me exactly that. I just love it. I'm here for the ride. I'm intrigued. Coming up after the break, we are going to jump into my two cents, all about Hayley Bieber and Selena Gomez. And we need to talk about Emma Chamberlain's house. But first, a word from today's sponsor. Our sixth story, a sailboat bathroom and a custom coffee corner. Emma Chamberlain's LA abode is what dreams are made of. That is from Elle magazine. Now, we have spoken about celebrity homes featured in Architectural Digest before, but perhaps none have had the cultural impact than the video of Emma Chamberlain's home, which went absolutely viral last week. It was a pretty amazing home. The home has five bedrooms, seven bathrooms, the dreamiest pool we've ever seen. The best kitchen, I think. Probably ever. ever. Yes. Yeah. Now, we know that Emma bought the home for about $4.5 million in May 2021 and has been renovating it ever since. Literally top to toe. Now, I think 
I really love Emma Chamberlain's relationship with her dad. Every time I see oh, same. her, like her fans bump into her on holiday or traveling, she's always with her dad. Have you guys noticed yeah. this? She takes him to fashion shows. Sorry to bring it back to fashion month, but she was sitting front row next to her dad at so many shows, which I adore. I adore it. And her dad's artwork is featured right throughout the house. Emma has like this personal styling closet room that she's kind of said one day will be a nursery, but for now it's a, it's a styling room. I love that the clip of that went viral in and of itself. It was all over TikTok where she essentially said, is it indulgent? Yes, but if there's a time to be selfish, it's when you're 21. I'm like, absolutely be selfish. Go yeah, for it. for sure. Now, the home tour is on track to becoming one of the most watched tours on the platform, right? Yeah, it's been viewed over 5 million times already. And to be clear, if that's how many views it gets in a week, it is well and truly on track to become one of their most watched videos on the platform ever. Some of the most popular of all time include Jessica Alba's $10 million Los Angeles home, Dakota Johnson's Hollywood home, and Kendall Jenner's cozy LA hideaway. I love all of those videos as well. Kendall Jenner's home is hot. Yeah, it's interesting. Troy Sivan's sure. home as well mm. is really good. Exactly. I always, I've always thought that it's like Architectural Digest and this series is the series that should never have got off the ground. Like, How so? If I, uh, the way what that a I, weird take. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> the way that I think about it is people sitting in an editorial team and one person going, why don't we do celebrity home tours? And everyone being, well, yeah, that's a great idea, but what celebrity is going to let you into their home yeah. and give you the floor plan and millions of people access to every corner of that house? Like who would do that? Mm. Turns out they all did. Because I get you on privacy yeah. levels for sure. It says a lot to the trust that people have in AD, like celebrities and viewers. Like it is such a such a well-regarded brand that people trust that brand so implicitly by letting them into their home. But also I would say so many of these homes are in LA. I know Troy Savans isn't. LA, they're all in gated communities. So yes. maybe the security concern isn't as high as it would be. I imagine most Australian celebrities wouldn't do this because their homes are just out and about in yeah, regular streets. I agree with that. I think you're bang on. But I, I'm stoked that it's a series. Oh, I'm I love it. Got it. Right. <laughs> but I do find it very interesting. Hayley Narman, one of my favourite writers, wrote a really interesting piece for her newsletter this week about the home tour. But there was one thing that she wrote about that I couldn't stop thinking about. And it was the fact that kind of Haley pointed out that Architectural Digest noted that Emma Chamberlain's home was deeply personal. And mm. Haley was like, an interesting thing to call a home when she hasn't actually lived there. Like she, by her own admission, she's lived out of hotels and barely been in this space. And then she kind of posed this question that I am paraphrasing. That is, would you rather see a home, like a celebrity's home, as if it was like artwork, even if you feel like that's not really how you live in it? Or would you rather see how a celebrity actually genuinely lives? Yeah, that's a really interesting one. It is deeply personal in that her dad's artwork's all over the house. She was constantly referencing things that she bought on Etsy or I why she bought them. I think that was point though, is like how we define deeply personal is very interesting in today's day and age that we can buy all these new things and attach meaning to them without actually experiencing them at all. Well, I think if you've just bought a house, rented Renovated it, put all the stuff in it that is meaningful to you, and you're about to live there. That's still deeply personal. I wouldn't to say me. it's deeply personal at all. I would say the apartment I live in now is deeply personal because I have two and a half years of experience in there right. and memories. That is deeply personal to me. The month I moved in, I would have said, "Yes, this is my space," but it's not deeply personal. I mean, it's good branding by AD because it made well, everyone was, obsessed. That's why. That's what, exactly what Haley was saying. I would really recommend this piece. Let's put it in the show notes because it it was an interesting take, nonetheless. 
My point, regardless, is I think I'd still rather see a celebrity's home that looks like artwork. <laughs> oh, it is a hot, hot, hot house. So if you haven't watched that video, we'll pop it in the show notes. Make sure you watch it. Our sixth and final story for today's Quick and Dirty. Carl Anthony Towns offers to fund two of Jordan Woods' businesses for her 25th birthday. That is from Complex. Before we give you the details, Zara, some background on who the hell we're talking about. Yeah, so Carl Anthony Towns is regarded as one of the best basketball players in the world. He is 26. He is in a committed relationship with Jordan Woods and has been for the last two years. Yeah. Now, of course, if Jordan Woods' name sounds familiar, it's because she was best friends with Kylie Jenner for a very long time. She then found herself in those pretty ugly headlines after, a, you know, it was alleged, reported, Confirmed. Confirmed. Confirmed that she kissed Tristan Thompson while Tristan was with Khloe Kardashian. It was the biggest story in the Western world for a time. In the celebrity world, for sure. Yeah. And then I I feel like now, looking back, how unfair to Jordan Woods. She was a teenager when it happened and Tristan was clearly the issue going on in that family. Like, yes, she fucked up, but the level of vitriol that she got for years was so unfair looking back now. Yeah, absolutely. Now, her and her partner, Carl Anthony Towns, are quite a big deal, Mish. They both have millions of followers and people are pretty invested in their relationship and when I say people I also mean you oh I'm obsessed with these two I genuinely after our mid-year break I think I had a phone call or text message exchange with Zara where I essentially said look on this break I've become obsessed with Jordan Woods and Carl Anthony Towns and whenever there is an opportunity for us to speak about them we must pounce on it because I need to share my love with the listeners and they this are- story by the way is about 10 days late. <laughs> <laughs> we're still getting it in I found it and Zara was like it is a little old and I was like but you promised me I'd be <laughs> to talk about them I'm obsessed with these two I think they are genuinely deeply in love with each other and I know that's risky to say about any celebrity (laughs) couple they are my favorite celebrity couple their GQ couples quiz you know that one that uh Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly did also Kylie Jenner did it with oh yes yeah so that quiz that you do about how well you know each other these two know each other better than I think maybe any couple I've ever come across ever. They're childhood, they're like long-term <laughs> friends, right? The hyperbole is incredible. No, they go back years. Oh, do they? They go back years. They've been friends for ages, but have been like boyfriend, girlfriend for two years. And I just am obsessed with them, which is perhaps why I'm a little defensive about this headline. Now, they have been making headlines over the last week because- Or two. Or <laughs> <laughs> <All> month. <laughs> Headlines over the last month because for Jordan's 25th birthday, Carl gave her a letter that read as follows. I know every year I've showered you with material gifts that people wish they could cop king shit but this year <laughs> this year for your 25th year walking this earth it's time to go from that girl to a full woman you pick two businesses that you want to start and i will fund them i'm it's not like this <laughs> thank you it's time to take that next step and i will walk with you step by step in this thing we called life tiamo let's take over the world together Right. Um, look, <laughs> <laughs> let me get the detail out before you jump in. They posted this letter on social media. Jordan Woods posted it to social media with the caption, he knows how hard I've been working on these projects and this is the last step. She tagged Carl. Carl then reshared the Instagram story and added the comment, believe in her dreams the way she believes in yours. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like one of those signs that's going in your mum's kitchen. Um, okay, look, I'm ready. I'm I'm mentally ready I, now. Again, I I know I'm being a bit neg and cynical today, but this did annoy me. It did annoy me, and I need to say you that, and Annabelle, and I'm saying that with a smile because I'm not outraged. <laughs> but uh, firstly, 
I mean, king shit. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, but I know, I know, I get that. I get that. That's fine. That's actually not a problem. <laughs> can we actually, yeah, can we, what is it? Strike that from the record? Yeah. yeah. We let him say king shit. He's a professional basketball fla- player. I feel like they all talk that way. Exactly. It's time to go from a girl to a full woman. And by doing that, I will fund two of your businesses. Just feels a little patronizing to me. Okay, it feels very patronizing. <laughs> but I just need people to know the context that these two are amazing. <laughs> like reading that out actually made every just- selling my body kind of feel a little sick just don't perform it don't perform it i have no issue in any way shape or form of course of one partner believing so much in their other partner's dream that they say i will fund this for you i have no issue with that the way that this is phrased and the way that it's public just feels to me a bit uh. i think we need to remember though she chose to share this it's not like he initiated the sharing yes he reshared once she shared it i agree with you it being on social media is a little eye-rolly i I don't love that like performing relationships in general online i just literally did that this (laughs) (laughs) now now engagement post is different it is literally you performing your relationship with the masses but i would say these things are different and also again congrats Congratulations. Thank you. We're so happy for you. Sarah's like, it's not about me, but it's not about me. No, I I think the performance side of this and being like, everyone look at us and look how great we are. I do roll my eyes a little at that. But she chose to do that. And I do back these two. I think they're amazing. And I think it's a lovely thing to do for your partner. Yes, it could have been paired back with the kind of patronizing tone of I'm growing you from a little lady flower into like a, a a forest. I don't yeah, know. I know. <laughs> it's like caterpillar to butterfly. Yeah, gr- that. yeah thank you for being Much so better. generous of thank me. Thank you. No, 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 I thought it, it was nearly there. It was nearly there. No, look, and, and I, I do believe, look, if these two are happy and in love, like a, a little bit, whatever. And they are in love. But they did put it out and so I'm going to comment on it. Okay, that's anyway, is that's all we've got for the quick and dirty. That's all we've got. Thank you, next bitch. And now it's time for... <laughs> and that's my two cents. Sorry. No. Every time, every time we put in my two cents in our plan for the episode, we forget that we have to intro it and then... <laughs> it's the dumbest sound. My two cents. That's my two All cents. Right. So my two cents for the day is I cannot stop thinking about the fact that Hayley Bieber and Selena Gomez keep talking about each other publicly without ever saying each other's names. Now, a bit of context for this one, if you'll allow me. Hayley Bieber's highly anticipated interview on Call Her Daddy dropped last week where she promised to address rumours that she stole Justin Bieber from Selena Gomez. Some quick overview on, you know, that interview. It wasn't very enlightening, if I'm honest. Would you say the same? Yeah, no, it wasn't. I think having listened to the whole thing now, it sounded like a a woman who was very, very guarded, very anxious to say the wrong thing, which made her anxious to say really anything Anything. at all. Yes. That said, still enjoyed it. I feel like I would enjoy any celebrity interview. I enjoyed it. I think the way that it was packaged and sold to be this complete expose was perhaps not managing our expectations. I agree with that. All uh, Hayley basically said was that Selena and Justin's relationship had run its course when she started dating Justin again. She also did say, which I found very interesting, that she had spoken to Selena multiple times after her and Justin got married. This is the biggest takeaway from the piece, I think. That passage, which we're about to put in as a snippet for you guys to listen to that is the most interesting thing that is shared that they've had communication multiple times over the years it sounds like 
And it sounded to me like anyway, even if Haley wasn't trying to put this across, it sounded like there was still a little bit of tension there to oh. me listening to the snippet. I kind of thought the opposite. I mean, we're going to play that snippet in just a second. But before I get there, I think this very neatly leads me to my overarching point, which was why don't these two ever mention each other by name? Here's that snippet. And here's how you'll hear Alex Cooper and Haley Bieber talk about Selena Gomez without mentioning her by name. At any point did Justin or any, literally anyone ever ask his ex to help put an end to the harassment that her fans put you through? No. What I will say is that she has been in this industry much longer than I have. And maybe there's something that she knows about, like it wouldn't fix anything. I think like a nice little heart on your TikTok could end it all. The thing is too, is like, I think that like all everyone is just trying to like create separation even though there's clearly like not Mm -hmm. always separation Mm -hmm. I have no expectation I would never expect someone to do that for me like she doesn't owe me anything I don't owe neither of us owe anybody anything except like respect I respect her a lot and I think that like there's just no expectations if that was something that she felt was necessary then that would be amazing So make of that what you will. Clearly Zara and I have different interpretations. I'm hearing that and going, hmm, I don't think they're on great terms. You're hearing that and going, everything is clear and under the bridge. I thought thought she said that so it sounded like things were more mature and kind of more together than we'd seen. I think the emphasis on we have respect for each other. It would have been really nice if she had ever left a love heart under my post. I think that Alex kind Cooper of, said that. No, but Haley yeah, agreed. Haley agreed. I think if you're on really good terms with someone and a podcast host says to you, she could just go leave a love heart on your post and that would clear a lot of the negative energy. For you to agree with that and say, yeah, that would have been amazing if she had done that, says to me that there is still tension. Maybe there. you're right, yeah. Regardless, no matter what you think of that snippet, what we cannot stop thinking about and what you came to me with this week, Zara, is the great lengths these two went to in the interview to not say the word Selena. Well, it wasn't just them either because a day after this episode dropped, Selena was doing a TikTok live where she kind of started emphasising the importance of kindness and the impact of words. And although she didn't mention Haley's name or the interview, she did say, I think some of the things that I don't even need to be aware of are just vile and disgusting. And it's not fair because no one should ever be spoken to in the manner that I've seen. She went on to thank her fans for their support, especially for the launch of Rare Beauty's new collection aptly titled Kind Words. And she said, all I have to say is that it's incredibly ironic that I would release something that is all about kind words because that's exactly what I want. That is it. If you support Rare, I cannot thank you enough, but know that you are representing what it means and that is words matter, truly matter. So <sighs> it's a it's a very roundabout way of saying be kind and stop trashing this woman, and right? be, Well, is it a very roundabout way of saying be kind to Hayley Bieber? Yes. Like, th- that's It's so weird to me that... There's so much conversation going on in either camp about the other woman without ever saying the other woman's name. And I think as I sat with this, I was like, I I kind of understand why Hayley Bieber and Alex Cooper decided not to mention Selena Gomez's name. I think for me, it could have been for two reasons. 
Firstly, I can imagine it feels, it could feel weird to women having a conversation about another woman who's not there and worrying that that might come across as kind of bitchy or immature or whatever. The other reason I can imagine is Hayley Bieber, if you've listened to this, as you said, Mish, comes across as incredibly anxious, mm. incredibly nervous. She's also got a stress rash. Like when you look at the video podcast, a stress rash is like crawling up her neck as she talks about this stuff. And she says, I get so nervous about speaking because everything I ever say is twisted. And that would be that would make you paranoid. It would. And I think pulling Selena's name out would mean that there's less ways that they can kind of throw Selena's name into quotes from Haley. That said, I do wonder this long into the piece for both of them, four years, over four years after Haley and Justin have been married, whether this could just be killed, this story could be killed with a couple of like really explicit statements. I completely agree. I think what you said before as well to be like, I understand that maybe Alex Cooper, the host of Call Her Daddy, and Hayley Bieber decided not to mention Selena because it would be weird to be sitting there talking about another woman and using her name. I actually think the opposite. I think it is a weirder listening experience to hear them talk about Selena Gomez and her relationship with Justin Bieber and the vitriol from people online. But Selena's involved in this conversation, I would say for three quarters, it's an hour and 15 minutes long or an hour and 10 yeah. minutes long. Three quarters of it is concerned with the comparison between Hayley's relationship with Justin and Selena's relationship with Justin. I think a big marker of respect is saying someone's name. If you're yeah. going to talk about it, if you're going to go there, respect the woman you're talking about to actually say her name vocally. I find it more disrespectful yeah, no, to right. talk about someone in such roundabout terms. And the way that it was like, sometimes she was like Justin's ex. Sometimes she was just her. Sometimes it was her fans. Like the levels they went to to not say her name. Respect is just kind of owning it, being an adult and going, her name's Selena. Like, her name's Selena and that's okay. And then respect from Selena would go, her name's Haley. Her name's Haley, and it's okay. We're all adults and this has been four years down the line. I actually think it's a real – and they might not intend it to be this way and I'm sure they're lovely people and whatever. It looks like real immaturity to me it that does. they won't say each other's names. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think it's immature PR as well. Like, I'm, I'm pretty blown away that there hasn't been a PR strategy to kind of kill – this story and it reminded me when we were sitting in the office yesterday with some of the uh, girls in the team and we were talking about this we kind of brought up the fact that even anecdotally when my friends might be talking about their ex-partner's new partner you actually very rarely hear those names being used mm. don't you you it's, it's actually a way to dehumanize that person because I think the minute you start using their name you are legitimizing the life that they have with someone that you once knew. Mm. And I thought that is actually such a thing that my friends have done for sure is not use names. I think it's something we all do. And I do wonder if there's a bit of that going on here as well. I don't, I don't know if that's a reach or not, but I honestly think if I was a, a publicity manager of either of these two women, firstly, I don't know if it was helpful for Hayley to do this podcast. I think she was so well within her rights to want to do it. And some of the hate she's received over the years is horrendous and she should be able to talk about that. But I do kind of think if you can't go on a podcast and be honest and candid, should you do it at all? Mm, I agree with you. I think a big lesson or maybe something that we've really realised analysing celebrity culture over the last four and a half years is the lesson of if you're going to tell the story, tell it properly. Don't tell a half-baked, half-assed story with half the details missing. If you're going to go there, actually go there. Well, it's kind of like, I know this is not the same thing, but it's kind of like the conversation you'll have around public apologies. Mm. It's like, don't give a half-assed apology because you'll have to give another one later. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't tell half the story because you'll have to keep telling the story. If you want to kill the story, probably you're either going to have to not say anything or try to tell the whole story. But telling the whole story is also a bit scary. Mm. So part of me would just say, if you can... 
try to ignore it. And I know that's a really hard thing because I, as I said, Haley is still receiving so much hate from people. But I do wonder if there were other ways that this could have been killed over the last four years that haven't been done or I, exercised. I completely agree. I think not naming each other is one of the key ways it's been perpetuated. Because when you don't name someone, I as a listener instantly think, well, something's not right. If you can't, if you can't even use someone's name, like you can't be on great terms it's with them. True. Also, the other conversation we were having in the office, and I think it was our partnerships manager, Ray, who popped up and said this. Someone said, well, why doesn't Selena just stand up and say something? You know, say, guys, stop giving Hayley hate. And Ray says, but she has over the years. She's done it multiple times. And it's like, yes, but no one remembers because she never used Hayley's name. So she's done it in these roundabout yes. ways. And it's kind of not stuck. I, absolutely. I think as well, a lot of people are saying that Hayley has come out with this interview on Call Her Daddy, which is, I think, the most listened to female-based podcast in the world. She's chosen to do that now because Selena Gomez has a very high-profile documentary coming out on Apple TV next month. It's out in like a few weeks from memory. She's probably trying to get ahead of something or maybe she's anxious about what's going to be in that documentary because it's really being slated as like the most candid and the most honest Selena has ever been with the public. Yes, and they've been following her for eight years. Fuck. So it's a long time. And I a lot of Justin like, in there. I am so excited for that. I don't think she's going to mention them. Really? Nah, barely. I don't think she'll mention Hayley. And I, maybe she will, but she'll be... Justin's wife and like her name starts with H. <laughs> no, but even if Justin Bieber is mentioned, he I don't think he'll be mentioned by name. It'll be an X for sure. Anyway, let's wait and see. But I am very interested in what our listeners think about this. I just hope for all of these people's sake, they can kind of move on from this one because it's a lot to still carry all these years on. Yeah, and I think actually it's a lot to ask the public to move on when I would hazard a guess the people involved haven't fully Maybe moved on. Maybe that's true too. Maybe that's true too. Guys, that's all we've got time for today. It's been so good to have the band back together. So exciting, guys. Big news for Annabelle Lee. Tomorrow morning, season two of your podcast under Shameless Media, Everybody Has a Secret, is dropping. Ten episodes. They are so friggin' juicy. That has come around so quickly, firstly. But we have a new face and we have some returning faces joining me as co-host. It's going to be so exciting It is actually amazing. The work that's been put into that has been incredible. I'm so excited for people to hear it. I'm also particularly excited for people to hear tomorrow's episode. Oh. Because Michelle was listening to it at her desk yesterday, like really listening to it just before it goes out. And you had your head in your hand. I, every... <laughs> Every you minute. were dying. I actually, like, so many emotions. I was <laughs> gleeful. I was anxious. I the, Every emotion that you could feel in that episode, I felt. So, guys, you are going to bloody love that episode. Make sure you catch it. There are so many moments that you will just be, like, internally screaming over. Yeah, 100%. We will be back on Monday. Everybody Has a Secret is back tomorrow. Don't say we don't know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, don't say we don't do nothing for you. <laughs> And you did it so well. So smoothly. <laughs> Get me out of here. Bye. 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 Shameless Media. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.